and here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Almost. The momentum. The contact. 18. They make contact. The 18 in the wall. NASCAR, IndyCar, and all things motorsports. It's time for the left turn here on X106.7. Now, here's your hosts, Jacob Blair and Trevor Mayer. TJ Major's giving him the information. No pressure at all. Well, he has risen well above the pressure as he comes out of turn number four to claim his first ever Cup Series championship. It's Joey Logano who wins. Welcome into the left turn. Jacob Blair, Trevor Major with you before we start. I'd like to remind everyone, the host of the left turn, their views and opinions are that of the left turn. Do not reflect the university. Missouri, Northwest Missouri State University or KZLX and Trevor we have crowned a new Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion and Joey Logano we have it's always fun seeing someone get that that first title um Joey Logano doing it yesterday we've had now had the last five champions all champions under this new format have won their first title and it's just always it's one of the coolest things in the sport when you get to see the emotion and the jubilation from these guys that normally are pretty much all business all year long to see that excitement to see everything come full circle especially for a guy like Joey Logano um, it's just one of those things that, that you really really love about the sport yeah Joey Logano picks up his first career championship led 80 laps and really he had the short run car of everyone it looked like Martin Truex Jr. Kevin Harvick they had longer run cars Joey Logano had a short run he got a short run late in that race and then just proved to everyone that he had the fastest car of the day. Yeah, and when the caution came out with, I think it was 15 to go, I remember telling you, uh, Logano's, this helps Logano. This is the best-case scenario for Joey Logano. Um, the way his car had been all day, the first 15, 20, 25 laps of a run, his car was the car to beat. The longer the run, the more his car faded. Um, I think Martin Truex Jr. maybe had the better long-run car of the day. Kevin Harvick had a pretty fast car too, and I was a little surprised with Kyle Busch. He just he was there all day. He was never really that factor that you normally expect Kyle Busch to be. That that was my the biggest surprise for me as well. Is you have Kyle Busch there, and he just it seemed like a three team race all day long. And Kyle Busch late in the the race threw some strategy at it, tried to find a way to end up in victory lane and it worked perfectly for him and just did not have and, the car at the end to, to hang on to the lead and that was that was a genius call by adam stevens even though it may not it didn't end up playing out the way they wanted it to um we'd seen all day that pretty much as soon as one of the championship four hit pit road the other guys were doing that um bush had had a little bit more struggle on pit road than the other three had throughout most of the day and they get to that final cycle of green flag pit stops and we see Truex hit pit road, we see Logano hit pit road, we see Harvick hit pit road, and Kyle Busch's crew, they said, we're going to gamble and hope that a caution comes out to where we can pit then, everyone else will pit at the same time because they won't want to be on older tires than we are, and they probably weren't very far away from having to pit, maybe a couple laps away, and then Daniel Suarez smacks the wall or gets into contact with Brad Kozlowski and David Reagan that cuts a tire brings out the caution, sends him down pit road to set up that wild finish. And on that caution w between Suarez and Kozlowski, generally four wide doesn't work. No. Especially when the, they all go towards the same line. I just think that was a, a racing incident. But the whole weekend started, you looked at practice, and it really looked like it was going to be Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr. 
Joey Logano, like I said, we, it looked like he had a really good short-run car. He was confident in a short-run car, was a little bit concerned with the long run. But in the race, it, it, it really, other than Kyle Busch, the other three at one point of the race dominated the race, and you really didn't know. You, you kind of came down to the, the idea of this comes to a late-race caution. This could be anyone's game. The interesting thing for me was Kevin Harvick was the first one to, to pit of the championship four on the last cycle and got out in front of both Logano and Truex and jumped them. And for a while there before that caution, it looked like Kevin Harvick might have the opportunity to win the championship on a, a great pit call from from his pit box. Yeah, that was a great call. They're able to beat them out. Logano did beat the 78 out. He, I think he came in, he was a second or a second and a half behind the 78 when they went to pit. Comes out in front of them, but they, they can't get ahead of that four car. And if the caution doesn't come out there, Kyle Busch eventually is going to have to pit. And when it all would have cycled through, it would have been Kevin Harvick with the race lead. And the way Logano's car had been on long runs, yeah, I, I think that would have been Kevin Harvick's championship to win. And I think that's one of those things that they're going to look back on and go, man, what if we wouldn't have got... Because we've seen races this year where, I mean, you look at the truck race on Friday night, the Xfinity race on Saturday, there were no cautions except for the stages. You, you got to think, if you're Stuart Haas racing, you're going, man, why couldn't we have had that result? It's a it's an interesting idea, but the, the one thing that there was one thing that started the weekend that was real interesting to me. We've gone over Joey Logano winning the championship. Now we'll kind of go over the weekend as a whole. But Denny Hamlin wins the pole for this race, so none of the the championship four get the pole. But then Hamlin passes up the first pit stall. He takes the fourth pit stall. That hands Kyle Busch, who qualified second. That pit stall, that was an interesting move from the Joe Gibbs organization. And I think it ended up coming down to Denny Hamlin's crew chief said, this was my decision. I wanted to help out uh, Kyle Busch, and it wasn't any team orders or anything like that. So, it, But it was an interesting move coming from that 11 team. A little bit of gamesmanship, I, I think. Um, and I, I don't have a problem with it. My only question is, is, and I know we've said this comes from, this probably came from up above, but if the roles would have been reversed, if, say, it would have been Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin's situation the other way around, how prone would Kyle Busch, knowing how competitive he is, how prone would Kyle Busch have been to give up that number one spot, knowing that he wants to win a race? I mean, if you're Denny Hamlin, that had to be incredibly hard when you're on a, you know, it was 12 consecutive years, Denny Hamlin had won at least one race. You know, when he was trying to make it 13, they'd struggled most of the year. They were wanting to get that win to get some momentum going into 2019. That had to be pretty hard for, uh, for Denny Hamlin to do that, but he did it. Don't know that Kyle Busch would have done the same. It's an interesting idea. It didn't really play a whole lot into the race, I don't think. That it, last pit it, stop, it, it looked the like the last it. pit stop, but in the end, it really didn't help Kyle Busch. He just didn't have a fast enough car. And Denny Hamlin, after leading the first 41 laps, he, he was nowhere near, didn't have the speed to really challenge. And it th really throughout this entire race, and we've seen this before from this championship race, is whoever makes the championship four, they really generally run top five all race long. And that, that the interesting thing is everyone was kind of – the broadcast was talking about how slow Kyle Busch was, and then you look up at the pylon, he's still running fifth. The only other car that really could mix it up before he had a flat tire was Kyle Larson, who led 45 laps. Last year he might it looked like he might play spoiler. This year for a little bit it looked like he'd play spoiler. But, again, it just came down to the championship four, and they were really and the show of this race. It looked like Eric Almarola had a chance towards the mid part of the race and the earlier stages to 
to maybe have something for him. His car faded a little bit late in the race, but really pretty much all day. The the three fastest cars for sure were Harvick, Truex, Logano, and then throw in Larson and Amarillo there too. Bush probably had the fifth or sixth fastest car throughout most of the day. Um, so it wasn't like he had a slow car. But when you roll out for that championship race and you've got your sights set on a championship, that was it was uh, definitely a disappointment for that 18 crew. But uh, overall, just a really exciting race. And there was after that last restart, you've got Kyle Busch on the front row. Martin Truex Jr. is going to start in the second position. Busch chooses the outside lane. Joey Logano came off pit lane in third, so he gets the inside of row two. Kevin Harvick comes out fourth outside of row two. You get that restart. Truex jumps to the lead early, but then that speed from Joey Logano, he drove into turn one after working on, on Truex for a couple laps. He drove into turn one and sailed it off in there, and his race car stuck when it looked like everyone on the broadcast yeah, thought he it, was flying into the wall, and he just drove around Martin Truex. And the interesting thing about what Truex said afterwards is Logano went around him so fast he could he was alluding to, to – probably making some contact but Logano went around Truex so fast there was nothing Truex could do well, about it and then Truex trying to reel him in kind of changed his lines a little bit we'd seen all day and we talked about this on Friday on the weekend sports kickoff that Homestead typically is a track where guys can run up close to the wall and run that top we really didn't see that a lot yesterday with the exception of Kyle Larson Joey Logano kind of took his car wherever it had to go throughout the day um, but Truex and Harvick, they stuck to that bottom, and Truex late in the race kind of changed his line a little bit, um, was a little bit higher in three and four, and that ended up kind of hurting him too as Logano was able to to get past him. And just what a what a late race run by Joey Logano. Like you said, he just muscled that car in there. It looked like he was going for broke there, and uh, it I don't know how he got to stick, but it, it panned out, and he's your champion. It, and I know everyone – wanted to win the championship but to me the the way Logano acted all weekend long the way he drove it just looked like he wanted it a little bit more than everyone else he had that that extra something there was something extra in that 22 car to go out and get that championship yeah and let's hope that that something extra won't come out in R&D sometime later this week but uh, in watching the the NBC pre-race stuff because I don't normally watch a ton of pre-race stuff yesterday I I it was like the Super Bowl for me. I watched like two hours of pre-race stuff. And they had all four of the championship four on the NBC pre-race show at some point. And need to remind you, Joey Logano is the only guy that has not won one or had not won one of those four. And just the way he talked and the way he acted, he was cool, calm, collected. You'd have thought it was the July race at Kentucky, the way he was, he was handling himself. And he said, you know, I don't really feel a ton of pressure. You know, I've been in this situation before. I know what it feels like to lose one. And I think maybe that actually ended up helping him in the end. And uh, great to see Joey Logano get the championship. And I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I think yesterday might have been the beginning of the Joey Logano era in NASCAR. And he's been in NASCAR for a long this time. Tenth, this is his 10th season. But he's still only 28 years old. He's, yeah. he's still young. He's still got a lot of time left in this sport. That's one of the things. If you can stick with a kid when you put him in a, the Cup Series at, at 18 years old, if you can stick with that young driver, let him develop, you could end up with the NASCAR champion. Well, and we've got that with Joey Logano. And let's not forget, six years ago, we were looking at Joey Logano as one of the biggest busts in NASCAR. Uh, I mean, we were looking at him on the, the Casey Atwood type level as far as a guy that's Maybe got thrown in a little too soon, was was immature, wasn't ready for, for a Cup Series ride, and was tearing stuff up left and right and ticking drivers off left and right. 
and ends up losing his right to Joe Gibbs. And you thought, okay, maybe this guy's just going to be one of those lifelong Xfinity guys, like like a Justin Allgaier. And Roger Penske gave him a chance, gave him what he would say is a second chance. And uh, I think he definitely made it worth it and gave the captain a, a championship. It was a really competitive race as well. As no one really dominated the race at any point in time. Logano led 80 laps. Martin Truex Jr. ended up leading 20 laps. Kevin Harvick led 58. Kyle Busch led 21. The other lap leaders were Denny Hamlin the 41. Kyle Larson the 45. And then during a pit cycle, Michael McDowell did lead two laps. So good for Michael McDowell to end he up was, the season. He was in their way all day, though. <laughs> I know it's good for him that he led a couple laps, but there were there were he was in everybody's Homestead way. Homestead is always a way where most of the lap cars will be in the way at until some the point. end, until the end where they start just hanging hard lefts to get out of the way. During the mid portion of the race, there was one point where uh, I don't think anyone really caught this, but it looked like at one point I think it was whoever was in the seventy two car, Corey LaJoy, Corey LaJoy, uh, came up off the bottom of the racetrack and. Martin Truex had to uh, work around him. I think Martin Truex gave him a finger out the window, not the uh, finger. He didn't give him the index finger. It was a a different finger. And no one really – I don't think a lot of people caught that. And I can't be for 100% sure because I didn't go back and talk about it. But it really looked like Martin was not happy in that point. But the the lap cars all day long, they're running their line. But generally, that's the line that everyone else wants to be in. Well, Michael McDowell at one point, he was when Kyle Larson was the leader. He was battling with Kyle Larson, you know, and everyone knows Kyle Larson is going to run the top until he hits the wall. He's going, and then even after, and then even after he hits the wall, he's going to keep running. That's just Kyle Larson. McDowell slides up in front of him. Larson comes right back under him like a slingshot. Um, I don't think he was very happy with there. And there was someone else that he was. He was in the way of towards the midway part of the race. I can't remember which one of the championship for it was. I think it was Harvick or Logano, but uh, he was in the way. But he did lead two laps, so uh, good for Michael McDowell, I guess. Yeah, good for his team to. And Michael McDowell got more talk on this show <laughs> than he's probably ever got on any show ever. So he's welcome. Yeah, the the other item to, to talk about is the, this championship format as a whole for the the fifth year of this format you get a fifth different champion and every year we've gone to homestead we get a great race it's a great championship but yet the critics are still out there saying that this isn't the way for a championship to finish yeah i think those critics should watch curling or golf or table tennis or ping pong or maybe just take up gardening i mean because when you look at that race towards the end how could you not be excited that you've got kyle bush and his crew basically throwing a Hail Mary and saying, this is, we're gambling here. You've got Joey Logano trying to chase down that four car if in the event there's not a caution. You've got Martin Truex Jr. driving his butt off. Then a caution comes out. You get the top four coming off of pit road, one, two, three, four, for a championship. That's the equivalent, and I think you said it yesterday, that's the equivalent of having a, a tie game in the Super Bowl with two minutes left. And... They put on a great show, and where it was able, it wasn't one of those. Whereas in years past, you know, before this format, there were times you came into Homestead, and it's like, well, if Jimmy Johnson finishes 29th or better, and Matt Kenseth wins, then Jimmy Johnson's your champion. Go into Homestead, you take all the scenarios out the window. It's just 
Whichever guy crosses the start finish line first is your champion. Well, and the the argument is how can the best team that wins the most races accumulates the most points throughout the season not win the championship? And several times here on the left turn, we've said, well, it doesn't work like that in any other sport. No. You, you look at college basketball you have a 64 team tournament and everyone loves that to death and it's the same idea as it's as long as you make the tournament you have an opportunity to win well and we've seen people complain about four teams in college football not being enough i mean you put eight teams in then you get a scenario where maybe the sixth team ends up being the, the national champion um you know baseball the nfl um the, the best the team with the best record doesn't always win that's what makes sports sports it's how it's settled. It's always been if you can make the playoffs. It's not – NASCAR's not saying, okay, well, we had 33 guys run all the races. Have fun in the playoffs, you 33. We're going to run all of you. We're going to drop down to 22 after round yeah. one. We'll and go then to 12 we, after that. And then we that. get Michael McDowell or Chris Busher in the, the championship. You, you don't have any of that. You have to make it. You generally make it through a win. And most of the time, if you look at it, it's the 16 guys who really should be there. Every once in a while, you'll get a, a guy that – kind of gets lucky at a restrictor plate or road course, ends up with the win, ends up with the playoffs. Yeah. But he won a race, and he's not in there, and he doesn't. And we haven't seen that really mess with the way the championship well, ends. And, and with who's won these championships, it's always been – it may not have been the driver that was the best all season long, but, but it not, was one of them. It's not like it's been out of right field. And really, you look at the 20 drivers that have made the championship for since 2014 – I think you can say every one of them, with the exception of Ryan Newman in 2014, if they would have won the championship, you would have said, okay, they had a championship caliber year. We went over this last week. Is Statistically, the best four drivers this season were the championship yeah. four this year. The only one you could have maybe interchanged was Logano and Chase Elliott. And that's just on the basis of wins. Yeah, that's Logano had a better average finish throughout the season. but just So there's actually some like concrete evidence to this. I went and looked at... Super Bowls versus regular season records when, when we talk football and went back to 2007. And there's some, some interesting years. It's only a couple times as the best record in the regular season ended up winning. And two of the or three of those times they were tied for the best record and he ended up with that. But, but some of the interesting items is in 2010, the Patriots went 14 and two. That was a Steelers Packers Super Bowl. You go back to 2009, the Colts were 14 and two. They lost that Super Bowl to the Saints, who were probably the second best team. Go to back to 2008, the best team we're during the regular season Tennessee. was the Tennessee Titans. It was a Steelers and Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl. This is the way sports work. He's very rarely does the best team in the regular season well win outright. It it happens, but you just got to make the playoffs, and then it's a battle of the better teams, and that's what creates this excitement. And I feel like maybe when we get to the Xfinity talk here in a few minutes, we can maybe dive more into the fact that the best team doesn't always win. But I will say that Joey Logano's championship performance this year reminds me a lot of a Jimmy Johnson-type championship run where I don't know if there was ever a time this year where you said Joey Logano is going to be your Cup Series champion. I don't know if there was until he took the checkered flag last night. But he was always right there when it mattered most. Um, Jimmy Johnson's won seven championships, and I don't know that four of them he was a favorite going into the chase. And yeah. uh, it and also it shows that Logano's, you know, people can whine about the bump and run all they want from Martinsville. That won him a championship. There's it, it really it is no arguing that. I mean, because you look at the way he finished at Phoenix, 
You know, without that, if he, if he doesn't put the bumper to Martin Truex Jr. at Martinsville and still finishes the way he does at Phoenix, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I'm guessing he doesn't make it. I think they did the numbers and just talked about that briefly as the race was winding down. Is because of his wreck at Phoenix, he would not have made. Yeah, because I know he finished third four. at Texas, and he would have finished second at Martinsville, but still he finished like thirty ninth at Phoenix. He wouldn't have made it. So it, that won him a championship. It did, and I think some of the the issues with the lashback at this format is NASCAR spent so long staying with just a whole season. And it, the, the playoff format is still relatively new; that it, it's just still getting that lash back. But I think if we, if NASCAR can stick with it for three, four more years, it'll I think become, they should stick with it forever. I, I, agree, I don't but see, stick with it for three or four more years, and all of this this criticism of it will go away. I don't see. I, I my only regret with this is that they would have figured it out about ten years earlier, or twenty, or twenty, or twenty-five, or forty. You know, but or when they came up with the chase, this would have been the original. Because it's great. It is absolutely... I was skeptical of it at first, but it is absolutely fantastic. You know, I don't know what the ratings were for Homestead yesterday. I don't have them in front of me, but I'm guessing they were pretty darn good. I would hope so, and it was a a fantastic race to cap off the 2018 NASCAR season. And Joey Logano is your 2018 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here on the left turn when we get back. We'll talk about your 2018 Xfinity Series champion. You're listening to The Left Turn on X106. Not getting very far away from that wall, which has got him a championship. The 22-year-old is the Xfinity Series champion. Welcome back to The Left Turn. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you is the 2018 Xfinity Series champion. Was also crowned over the weekend. And it was what everyone expected. It was the nine car of Tyler Reddick. Yeah, because that's who everyone picked going into the season was that Tyler Reddick would uh, would be your champion. I think you and I both owe him an apology because I'm sure he's listening right now. Um, I, owe a, I owe him a bigger one you than owe you do. A, you owe him a little bit bigger one than I do. When we did our championship picks at the beginning of the playoffs, I didn't have Tyler Reddick in my championship for I'm trying to remember if I even had him making it to the round of eight. I think I did. And I said I thought he's a guy that he's ran consistent enough that he could sneak in there. But uh, and he did that, but he uh, he put on a clinic on Saturday night to to win the championship. And he he did it late, and that was the important part. Is he came back late in the race and was able to get the the win. It was dominated early by Cole Custer. Picked off, picked up right where he left off the last year. Led ninety five laps in the race. The other leaders were Redick at forty four. John Hunter Nemechek led fifty two. But it looked like it was going to be Cole Custer, and his he, he was going to be able to drive to a championship. But early on, I noticed two things, or I noticed something about Cole Custer, Daniel Hemrick, and Christopher Bell. Is none of them wanted to get close to the wall. They all wanted to save their race cars for later in the race. From lap one, that nine car put his right rear about three inches away from the fence and never left. Yeah, those three were were. Playing not to lose. And Tyler Reddick, I think, came in and said, you know what? Everyone's talked about Custer dominating at Miami. They've talked about Christopher Bell dominating all year. They've talked about Daniel Hemmerich's consistency. I think he said, I got nothing to lose. You know, if I scrape the wall and end up tearing my stuff up, guess what? I wasn't supposed to be here anyways. And that that's where... If you're Cole Custer, and there's more to be mad about if you're that double zero team, but if you're one of those three, Tyler Reddick was up there in practice as well. He he set his car up to run the top, and it's what you've got to do 
at Homestead. If you're going to win a race, if you can run the top all night long or all day long and not end up wrecking, we've seen Kyle Larson try it at Homestead. He ends up normally getting into the wall. Tyler Reddick with the composite bodies, and I think that plays a, a huge role with this, is the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. They run composite bodies that bend a little easier. They bounce back out into form when you get into the wall. The Cup Series cars don't do that. So Reddick did get in the wall a couple times, but he was up there all race long. And the issue is that is once he got the lead and Cole Custer, Christopher Bell, Daniel Himmer tried to go to the top and tried to match the speed the nine car had, their car wasn't set up to run the top. They couldn't do it. And that's where you've got to wonder if they, they need to try to do that in practice and get something to be able to run the top because we, we said this last week, you're going to be ha- have to be able to run the top and run the top well if you want to win one of these championships. And I think Kevin Harvick, going back to kind of what you said about running the top, Kevin Harvick said it best in the pre-race show yesterday when you mentioned the different bodies on the cars. He said, if we try to run the top like the nine did and we hit the wall even once like they did, our day's probably done. You know, we're probably dashed. Um, but Reddick, maybe it's because he's a dirt track guy. Maybe it's because he spent time racing with Kyle Larson at Chip Ganassi. Uh, just kept it to that top side. Now, even late in the race, when he had a six-second lead. He, he he went from three inches off the wall to, to about, six inches yeah. off the wall. That's he all was, he moved down. He was still riding the top. And, you know, Jeff Burton, Steve Letarte, they're saying, you know, do you tell him, you know, as a spotter, do you tell him to get away from the wall? Do you tell him to get away from the wall? And at the same time, that's what's worked for him the whole race. You, you do not, at that point, tell him to get away from the wall because that's how you end up losing a championship. Because if you drop him off the wall, he's going to lose focus. It messes up his angles. It messes everything up. And you have he had a big enough lead with about 10 to go that he could have dropped off the wall, and it, Cole Custer would not have been able to run him down. But that's where he's been. You could tell he was in such a zone. You just don't even say anything to him. Just count them down laps. Just make sure he knows that there's still no pressure. And as a spotter, as a crew chief, just shut up and let the kid go to work because that's what he did all race long. The other thing that if you're Cole Custer, you got to be mad about is the pit call late in the race where cars started and they short pitted. Tyler Reddick came with them. And then Daniel Hemrick, Cole Custer, they both stayed out and it ended up giving Tyler Reddick about an eight or nine second lead. Cole Custer was able to bring that back down to about a second and a half before the tires evened out, and then Tyler Reddick drove drove away to win the race. Yeah, and, and was it six and a half seconds? I think he ended up winning by it was it was a lot. Um, Daniel Hemrick just didn't really seem like he was ever really and in, a factor. And in classic Daniel Hemrick fashion, finished fourth. Yeah, I mean he. I don't think there was ever a point in the race where you're like, man, this is Daniel Hemrick's race to win. Um, it looked like most of the day it was probably going to be Cole Custer and Christopher Bell. Well, he, Christopher Bell, you could even tell he did not have the speed. It looked like early it was going to be a battle between Cole Custer and really could the nine car get there. It, you could tell early the nine car had a lot of speed up top. Is Early in the first run, he dropped back, and then he went to the top side and just started flying around everybody and this was the first run and then with, with stages and everything Cole Custer was able to win both stage one and stage two but then they get to stage three and, and Reddick finally had the track position when he went to the top it, it was all said and done but again if you're one of these other three and maybe this is something teams look at going towards the future especially in the trucks and Xfinity cars with the composite bodies is in practice, even if you don't want to run the top all race long, you've got to go to the top and make sure the car is set up to run there because Christopher Bell, he was way too loose to run the top side, and, and Cole Custer and he ended up paying for and, it. And, and Cole Custer's interview, he basically he, he didn't know what to say. He he was 
confused of how he's like, he, we don't know what to do. I just couldn't run as fast as the nine up at the, the top of the racetrack and ended up falling back. So congratulations to Tyler Reddick. Proved everyone wrong. Is is I want to formally apologize to Tyler because I said the nine car wouldn't even be a factor in this race. Not only was he not not a factor, he was the biggest factor and ended up winning the championship. And I think right now, I think it's maybe safe to say that Dale Earnhardt Jr. is the greatest Xfinity car owner maybe in the history of Xfinity car owners. I don't think it's that crazy to say. I mean, you look at, you know, he's won three championships in the last five years. In the, the, on the stage when he celebrated, to me, you know, there was no smiles from Junior. He was, it was very, his face was very non-emotional and just kind of stayed the same. And I was looking at him wondering if he was regretting Letting, the fact that Tyler Reddick will not be returning to that nine car next year and yeah. will head over to replace Daniel Hemrick. Yeah, and it, it you know you look Chase Elliott won it in fourteen, William Byron won it last year, Tyler Reddick this year. Um, even back to the days when technically it was Teresa Earnhardt that owned it, but really it was Dale Jr. that did everything with it. When Martin Truex Jr. won a couple, um, yeah, that was just that was a clinic by Tyler Reddick, and it was that was the biggest surprise of the weekend, hands down. The other two I wasn't that surprised with um, because I picked those two right. I did not expect Tyler Reddick to win the, and that that's is no one really did, and that's the benefit Tyler Reddick had is he had no like you said to open this segment he had nothing to lose could just go all out and he said this and I agree with him one hundred percent his Homestead rewards aggression mm-hmm. and he was aggressive all race long the other three were not and that is one hundred percent why Tyler Reddick well, ended up in victory lane and picked up the championship and, and I said this on Friday too that normally Homestead rewards the guys with that dirt track experience. Um, you think of a guy like Kyle Larson, um, Christopher Bell has ran there in the years past. He didn't so much yesterday or Saturday, but uh, it rewarded him because he, he stuck to that top side and he was aggressive. He played, he didn't play not to lose. He played to make sure that they won and they ended up winning. So again, Tyler Reddick is your 2018 Xfinity Series Championship. He will be replacing Daniel Hemrick next season at Richard Childress Racing. Richard Childress probably happy to get Tyler over there in his seat. We'll go ahead and take another quick break here on the left turn. And when we get back, we'll talk about Friday Night Champion, your 2018 Camping World Truck Series Champion. Someone can look at all time and see the name Brett Moffitt as NASCAR Champion. And he is on his way. Brett Moffitt is going to do it and win the championship. Brett Moffitt is a NASCAR. Welcome back into the left turn. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you. And that is right. Your 2018 Camping World Truck Series champion is the 16 of Brett Moffitt. And what a way for him to end his season, his sixth win of the season. But that small underdog team has themselves a championship. I'm going to guess that Grimes, Iowa partied a lot on Friday night. Brett Moffitt, the native of Grimes, Iowa, grew up racing dirt, a um, former IMCA Super Nationals champion, I believe. Um, I know he won the uh, the Harris Clash, but grew up racing dirt. He's worked his way through the ranks, has never had the top rides. Didn't matter on Friday night. He picks up the championship. Still didn't really have a, wasn't really supposed to be a top ride this season, as it is uh, the, the Jiggy Higatori racing group, the Toyota there in that 16 car one truck team multiple times throughout the season we're not planning on going to a racetrack and got sponsors to step up for one race to get him to the racetrack and again already Brett Moffitt does not have a ride next year 
that the 16 truck does not look like it is going to be running full time and, and that's the truck that's won the championship so a huge underdog story and what we've seen with Brett Moffat is he likes to win races in dramatic fashion this one he did not he really dominated this race at Homestead yeah I I think I brought it up last week that in Brett Moffat's five wins coming into Friday night none of them he was the dominant truck and a lot of them he led just a couple of laps and was in the right place at the right time Friday night they they were the dominant truck and they were really it was really him and Noah Gregson all night that were kind of the the two favorite the, the two guys that looked like they had the trucks to beat um Johnny Sauter didn't quite have the speed we thought maybe he would have Johnny Sauter didn't only really not quite have the speed he was slow only only could end up with a 12th place run and he he was another driver that was his post race interview was just mere confusion from him he did he had no idea what happened to that 21 truck and was just questioning how it could have been so slow. And I think it was GMS as a whole just didn't bring trucks that that worked this no, week. And Justin, Justin Haley, Haley wasn't much faster. He, he finished eighth, was a little bit faster, but was never in the battle. And it was a battle between Noah Gregson and the 18, Brett Moffat and the 16. And I wish this battle, the, the battle that occurred between them, the, those two for about 10 laps while Brett Moffat was trying to, to get around Gregson, it was one of the best battles I've seen in a while between those two. There were some crossover moves and, and stuff like that. I wish it was 20 laps later in the race, so it could have been more towards the end. But great battle. Once Brett Moffat got around the 18, he took off and drove away from, from everyone else. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really hoping that he gets a full-time ride for 2019. Um, and he's, he came out and said this week that he feels like in the right opportunity he can compete for Xfinity Series championships and Cup Series championships. And I, I firmly believe that. I think he's shown throughout his whole career what he's done with equipment that even look at this year. I don't. Did anyone really think that was a championship truck going into the season? Not not going into the season. I think everyone kind of thought it, it could be early on in the season uh, if they could make all of the races, and that was the concern. And they were able to make some races, but I think you could tell the races they had sponsorship for they brought better stuff than the races they they didn't. And we, we kind of question this: is how much of their 2019 budget did they go through chasing this championship they got the championship and again it's just a great story for the 16 team that, that ends up with the 2018 championship yeah it's you know you've got you've got Kyle Busch Motorsports in the championship four and you've got Gallagher Motorsports probably the two biggest teams in terms of uh the truck series they are to the truck series right now what Gibbs or Penske are to the upper levels and then you've got Shikiki Yatori Racing showing up with 10 full-time employees to and running a spec engine to pick up the win. I mean, that was, that was a textbook ending for the 2018 Truck Series season. So, again, Brett Moffitt is your 2018 Camping World Truck Series champion. And as everyone guessed, Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and Brett Moffitt are your champions. I, I think everyone had that at the start of the year. And no. We're, we're all... I can't remember what I... I'm trying to think of what I had. I, I, I think I had Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, and Noah Gregson. I'm pretty sure it's what I had. I know I, I didn't have Tyler. Yeah, I know I didn't have, have any of those three. And Logano wasn't as surprising. 
But if someone would have said in date, I, I don't think I think Logano surprising is as the champion. I don't think it was surprising he made the championship four, but actually having I him think take how the, the season played out. Yeah, but I think if you would have said in February that Joey Logano was going to win the championship, I don't think people would have thought it was too crazy. I think if you would have said in February, even after Tyler Reddick won in Daytona, that he was going to win the championship, people might have said you were crazy. And then there, people forgot people, that Brett people Moffitt were still was saying. It was crazy to think Tyler Reddick would win the championship when he was in the championship four at Homestead. Yeah, until he took no the lead. one. No one talked about him during the week of, of being the guy to win the championship, and I think as we mentioned before, that that fueled him. But again, with Brett Moffat, I think that's the best story of the three oh, yeah. is him winning the championship. But uh, I think all three of them are great stories, though. I, I agree with that. I just think that. The, the 16, it's a, it's a bigger story contextually within the entire sport. It goes along with the 78 car in the Cup Series. Furniture Row Racing did run its last race. Martin Truex wasn't able to get the championship again. Truex will be headed to Joe Gibbs Racing. He's going to bring Cole Pern with him over there into the 19 car for next season. But Furniture Row Racing is gone. We, we were seeing them close down after winning a championship and almost winning another one. Now the 16 truck wins one, and, and next year there's no real plans for another full-time effort with either Brett Moffitt or, or really anyone in the 16 truck at all. Yeah, I, I, Scott Zipidelli on, on the post-race stuff was practically begging um, for help, for sponsors for next year. And that's just uh, that's the cruelty of the business is, you know, the 2017 champion in the Cup Series is gone, and the 2018 Truck Series champion probably gone in 2019 it's a a problem i think nascar is going to need to address and i think it's a good reason for them to finally take notice of hey we we need to figure out a way to make this a little bit cheaper where the our our best teams our teams winning championships fighting for championships can't continue i think this is the best way for it to to come to nascar's you know front door and say hey we got to figure out a way to fix this because it's something nascar's needed to fix for a while but no one's really made a, a point of saying, hey, we, we want to be able to compete, but if we go do this, we can only be around for a couple of years. Yeah, so it's just one of those things that you, you hate to see, and hopefully they get the proper funding and they're back there for 2019. So we'll go ahead and take one more break here on the left turn. When we get back, we will look at the 2018 season as a whole, kind of break that down, and also make our way to early predictions for the 2019 season. You're listening to the left turn on X106. Welcome back to The Left Turn. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mader with you for the final 13 minutes of today's episode. And before we get to our way too early predictions for the 2019 season. This is great. Don't you love making way too early predictions? It's fantastic. But looking at at 2018 as a whole, there was a little bit of a lull mid-season. But overall, the way it started, the way it ended, it was a pretty good 2018 season for NASCAR. To me, it was it was kind of it's kind of what sports are all about. You had the three guys all year where it was Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex, and you said these are going to be the three guys. So one of these three is going to win the championship. None of them did, and that's awesome. Nobody thought Tyler Reddick had a chance until this weekend. He wins the championship, and that's awesome. And nobody had Brett Moffat on their radar in February. They found ways to win races all year, you know, a, kind of a Cinderella story. They get hot at the right time late in the season, they win a championship. That's also awesome. There were a lot of great races this year. Um, there were some some interesting changes. We saw some new things. We saw some new faces. We've seen some 
kind of the turn from the out with the old and with the new. Um, this is kind of the new generation of NASCAR. I mean, we were seeing the decline of guys like Jimmy Johnson, Denny Hamlin, Matt Kenza. You're seeing new guys like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott. You look at the lower levels with Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, Daniel Hemrick, Noah Gregson. Um, this was kind of a really influential year for NASCAR. Well, and you talk about the young drivers as well, but Eric Jones yes. had a lot of good runs. You've got Daryl Wallace, who, who's not in the greatest well, I mean, car, but and, he, he showed some and promise. William Byron, I think, will get better. I think pairing J- him with Jimmy said something really interesting in his interview after the end of it. He was getting a little bit emotional, but it already sounds like his role next year is not really to drive the 48. Yes, he's going to be in the 48, but it is solely get William Byron ready to go win championships. It, it sounds like they, they've already started that. We were kind of saying, is it time for him to maybe step into that role? He basically confirmed that. I, I think this year we, we saw the I – don't, I don't know – know if we're going to see the 48 back in victory lane it just it's one of those things that growing up as a jimmy johnson fan it pays me it pains me to say this but it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be tough it would be the equivalent of tiger woods winning a a major event i don't know that it's gonna happen i i hope it does but i i I don't think so yeah but the the amount of, of young drivers in in the cup series now and the ones we've got coming as well we know ryan priest will be in the cup series next year daniel, daniel hemrick will be there there's still rides available for some younger drivers to step up into you have to see if daniel suarez is able to grab a ride somewhere as he will no longer be with joe gibbs but i think daniel suarez is another driver that kind of like joey logano he just needs a little bit more time you give him a little bit more time he's going to be a really good cup series driver if you drop him now I think you're going to lose out on him. I understand Martin Trucks Jr. right now really good. You can't not have him in a car. But there's so many young guys right now. You don't want to miss out on having one of these superstars for the future. Yeah, um, I think Daniel Suarez was just kind of thrusted in that situation. Um, Barney Visser said something really interesting. Uh, I was I, Earlier this week I was watching, I think it was Fox, did a special on Barney Visser. With Furniture Row closing, you know, and he talked about the team and how it started out and how they worked their way up. And that he said that Carl Edwards' retirement actually ended up costing them Daniel Suarez because they were going to have Daniel Suarez for a couple of years. I found that really interesting that the plan was that they were going to have Daniel Suarez and not Eric Jones. I don't know what that means. But I just found that really intriguing that he said that. It might have had something to do. We know why the the is closing. It might have had something to do with the, the money relation sponsors. Is that Daniel Suarez? It does seem as though he's got a sponsor that sponsors Daniel, not necessarily the car. And sometimes you get that. Sometimes sponsors sponsor race cars. Sometimes sponsors sponsor drivers. It seems like Daniel's got one that's going to roll with him. So wherever he ends up, wouldn't be surprised to see Eris go with him for for some races. So maybe that's what that comment was referring to. Is maybe they would have had more sponsorship for that car instead of Eric. But I think I think Eric's a better driver mm-hmm. than Daniel. I think Eric is going to be a, a really good driver in just a couple years. Well, and he's young too. What's he, 22, 23? Something around there. He's I mean, you look at the well. talent. Look at the NASCAR under 30 team right now. You've got Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Eric Jones, um, William Byron. These are guys in the cup level. And there's a lot of guys coming. You, know, as you well. look at the Xfinity. Cole Custer's 20 years old. Chris Bell's the old guy of that group. Daniel Hemrick's a little. I think Daniel Hemrick's 27. 
Chris Rebell's 24. Justin Haley's See, 20. Daniel Hemrick's kind of doing this the way everyone used to do it. They wouldn't get to the Cup Series until they were 27, Like Jimmy Johnson. He, he's kind of gone the old route. And the thing is, is he, Daniel Hemrick's still not too old to be jumping to the no. Cup Series. He's where everyone used to be. So a really good young group of drivers. And I think overall, yes, you had kind of the mainstays, the big names of NASCAR now make the championship four at the end of it. But I think 2018 really was a mark of – We've talked about the tide turning to the young drivers. I think this year, 100%, it has, and we're going to see that moving forward. Uh, absolutely. So that's time to, to have some fun and get to our way-too-early predictions for 2019. We're going to pick our championship four for all three series, and we'll do a little bit extra with the Cup Series as well. But start with Trevor. Who's oh, your championship four for the Truck Series next season? So my championship four for the Truck Series, I've got Todd Gilliland, who probably should have won a couple races this year and didn't. Johnny Sauter, who's just Mr. Reliable. GMS will get the speed problems fixed out. Um, Justin Haley, who sounds like he's going to be in the truck series again next year. We don't really know. There's been a rumor that John Hunter Nemechek is going to move to GMS in the Xfinity series and take the ride that we think. That's what makes the way too early predictions even harder than the Cup Series is we have no idea really where everyone's going to end up, so we're guessing. Uh, I can tell you, my Cup Series 4, I know those guys well, are going to Well, we're going to get to that, but I'm just pointing out, we don't yeah. know exactly. Like, one of these way too early predictions, like, well, we picked him to win our truck championship, but he's going to be driving Xfinity next season. Yeah, so. really the only two guys for the truck series that I'm 99% sure they'll be there full-time is Todd Gilliland and Johnny Sauter. Um, also, like I said, I got Justin Haley. My other one, I'm not even 100% sure of his plans next year, but with Myatt Snyder. Had some good runs this year, definitely late in the season. Um, and I think we'll kind of see him break through a little bit more next year. Based on his interview, I, he kind of hinted at he'll be back in that 13 truck next year, but you never know. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going with. Who hopefully. ended up being your champion? I got Todd Gillen because he drives for Kyle Busch Motorsports, and they've won the last two odd years with Christopher Bell in 2017 and Eric Jones in 2015. Like so, the logic. Yeah. Here is my championship four in the truck series. I've got Ben Rhodes. I think if I debated, he ends up I debated him. back, and we'll have to see where he ends up as well. I thought he, he kind of needs to be moved up to the Xfinity series for the last couple of years, but if he's back in the truck series, I've got Ben Rhodes. I've also got Todd Gilliland in the championship four. I think Stuart Friesen will make it this year to I Homestead. I totally forgot about Stewie. And then I also had put Myatt Snyder in there. He kind of really picked up in the last couple of races, but I have Ben Rhodes as my way too early 2019 champion in the truck series. We'll move on to the Xfinity series. Trevor, who's your championship four? So of these four, really only two of them we know are going to be there next year. I think the other two most likely. I've got Christopher Bell in there. Um, he may or may not be the guy at Stuart Haas. It's tough to say. Also, I've got Ross Chastain. We do know he's going to be full-time at Chip Ganassi. Those cars have been fast. He was really fast in that car this year. I've also got Cole Custer. He could be the guy at Stuart Haas as well. well and I don't think we've mentioned this yet. We talked about this off-air. Tony Stewart at the uh, interview uh, when Cole Custer won the or the double zero team won the owner's championship is there was a little bit of confusion with that is because of the the 40 I think it was the 42 car running different teams the nine car was not actually in the owner's championship so Cole Custer's double zero won the owner's championship he runs the same playoff style format doesn't get publicized or anything but Tony Stewart did say they're going to run two Xfinity cars next year uh, for Stuart Haas, so we'll have to see who ends up in that second car. Yeah, so I've got Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, Cole Custer, and my other one, kind of the same logic with Myatt Snyder, I've got Austin Sindrick. Um, really picked up late in the season, had a third at Texas, finished in the top five in Phoenix, finished in the top five in Homestead. He's really good on the road course. So I think he can get a win at some point on one of the road courses to punt to quench his ticket 
and then run consistent enough, maybe get a win at the Roval too to advance and get into that championship four. Here's my championship four. Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, is, is if they're back in the Xfinity Series next year. Ross Chastain as well. I think he'll be one of the dominators of the season next year in that 42 car. And then still waiting on where he's going to end up. But I think John Hunter Nemechek. We've seen a lot of fast runs from him. Wherever he ends up, he'll be a factor towards the championship four. I think Ross Chastain ends up with the championship. That's who I have too. I think those 42 cars are just way too fast. And plus when you go to Miami, that 42 car, doesn't matter who's driving it, is normally pretty fast at Miami. So we agree. So poor Ross Chastain, he's not even going to make the playoffs next year. So now we'll move to the Cup Series. Trevor, who is your championship four for the 2019 season in the Cup okay, Series? So I've got some logic behind this one too that – I, I pay attention to trends and patterns a lot, and it probably will end up meaning absolutely nothing. But so there's been five years of the playoffs, okay? In all of those championship four, except for the first one, there were two former champions. The first one, there were no four. Everyone was competing for the first title. Also, in every one of them except 2016, the championship four came from four different teams. Um, the only time was in 16 when Joe Gibbs had two cars. So... I got two got two former champions and four different race teams. So I've got as former champions, I've got Kevin Harvick and Joey Logano. I think Logano is going to be pretty good in 2019 again, and Kevin Harvick is going to be Kevin Harvick. He's going to dominate the tracks he's supposed to. The other two guys, the guys that are going to look for that first title, Eric Jones, who I think we're going to see break through and win probably four or five races next year, and Chase Elliott, who got hot late in the season. So Chase Elliott, Eric Jones, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick. My championship four is is. A little bit more out there. Uh, the one thing is, Do you I have think Matt Di No, I, I don't have Matt DiBenedetto, Although I, I hope he does. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be. We're, we're going to get to some other things real quick. But my championship four. I think the Fords are going to struggle a little bit with the Mustang bodies next year. I think that'll be a struggle to start with. My championship four. I think next year we see the full-on shift to the young guys taking over the sport, and a lot of these guys that have been here for a while struggle a little bit to, to keep pace with these guys. Obviously, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, they're going to win races. Does, gonna where does there. Joey Logano fall in that category? Right, I think he's he's kind of in the middle. He's kind of in no man's land when it comes to this. But I think next year you're going to have a very interesting championship four. Eric Jones will make the championship four. Chase Elliott will be in the championship four. So we agree on that. I think Kyle Larson will be there as well. I think he'll finally put together a whole season and get there. And then Ryan Blaney. I almost will be the fourth championship, and I think Chase Elliott gets his first championship next season. That's who I have too. Um, I almost went with Blaney. I was torn between Logano and Blaney, um, but I, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't surprise me with Blaney. It wouldn't surprise me with Larson. Um, Kyle Busch is going to be fast as well. Eric Almarola in twenty nineteen as well. Maybe. I mean, he showed some speed throughout the year. So, so here is my next question. We've got a couple minutes left. Who is a driver that made the playoffs this year you don't think will make next year, and who's a driver that you might surprise and make the playoffs? Well, I think it'd be obvious to go with Jimmy Johnson, um, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Martin Truex Jr. because transitioning to Joe Gibbs Racing, that 19 car the last couple years wasn't super fast. Now, granted, maybe that was Daniel Suarez, um, but we've always kind of seen that Joe Gibbs Racing has had one car that's been a little off. That couldn't be in Danny Hamlin, but I'm going to limb and saying that the transition won't be as smooth, and that's Martin Truex Jr. And who's one driver that makes the playoffs and surprises everyone in doing so? Keep going back and forth on this, um, but I'm going to go with Daniel Hemrick because he, he was consistent enough in the Xfinity series that if he keeps that up, eventually he's going to put himself in a situation to win races. Now, that RCR car that Ryan Newman's had, 
hasn't been the fastest, but that could just be because it's Ryan Newman. Um, so it's kind of the opposite of, of Martin Trix Jr. with Joe Gibbs. But I'm going to say Daniel Hemrick. But I have a feeling the guy that you're going to say is the one I contemplated. And for me, the, the one driver I think might surprise people by not making the playoffs. I, I look at, again, I think the Fords are going to struggle changing the Mustang bodies. We've seen generally when there's a body change, it takes about half a season for those teams to get it figured out. I think one of the Stuart Haas cars will struggle, and I think it's going to be the 10 car of Eric Almirola. I don't think we'll see him in the playoffs next year. The driver I think could surprise everyone make the playoffs is Matt DiBenedetto. Okay, that's not where the I was going to go. The 95 car, the reason I say is Matt DiBenedetto has always outperformed the equipment he's got. He's now got a 20th place car, and I think he can. I don't think he's going to win a race, but I think he could point his way in just by consistently finishing 14th or 15th all season long. By doing that, you're going to run into some top 10s, maybe grab a top 5 at a track like Bristol where we've seen him run before. But look out for that 95 car and Matt DiBenedetto next year. I was year. also debating William Byron, um, you know, being young. Chad Canales could help him. I could see him being, again, because most of the time this year, he was a 15th, 17th, 18th place car. You know, if they could get up to be a 10th, 11th, 12th place car, could be enough to point their way in. I, I think next year, for the first, there's been a lot of times where we only see really 12 or 13 guys that really deserve to be in the playoffs. The other guys are kind of fillers. I think this season, it's just going to be not enough spots. I think you're going to have 20, 21 guys, but they should be playoff drivers. And you, Daniel Hemrick, William Byron, there's, there's this just a huge amount of talent in this sport right now, and it's it's going to get overloaded for those playoff spots. It's awesome. I love it. It's great. So that'll do it for us here on the left turn for Trevor Mater. I'm Jacob Blair. A little bit of overtime today as we did go two minutes over, but it was championship weekend. so Green-white checker. Yeah. But next week, you want to tune in as we will have the first annual I Took a Left Turn Awards. We'll break down all of our picks for some of the best moments of the 2018 season from all across racing. It'll be a good one. Left Turn next Monday from 2 to 3. Thank you for listening on X106.